Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. My name is Tim Barton. I'm the pastor of Family Ministries here at the Vine, but before I talk to you anymore, I just want to ask you to take a minute and watch this video. General, there's been a breach. We need your password so we can lock down the system. My password? Yes, sir, we need your password. The password that I use? Yes, sir, your password. There's been another breach. Sir. Right, okay, I-H-A-T-E-M-Y-J-O-B-1. I hate my job, one. Want to get away? <laughs> I don't show you that because I hate my job. Um, I like my job. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's good for us to see things like that. And when we see things like that, we laugh because they're, they're kind of awkward maybe. Uh, they, they make us feel, you know, um, we, we feel the pain in it. And so, so we laugh at that. And, and it's good for us to do that. You know, we're, we're like, oh, no, 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 don't. Oh, you know. Um, but it's, it's good for us to be able to laugh at those things and, and honestly to be able to laugh at ourselves at times um, when we see things um, like that in our lives. But unfortunately, we feel that kind of thing in real life moments at times as well, times that are not funny. Have you ever felt like if I could just get away from it all for a little bit, then I could get better and things would be okay? Just process that for a minute. If I could just get away from it all for a little bit, things would be better, things would be okay. Or if I could just hang on until I get out of school. Or if I could just make it to the weekend. Or if I could just make it to vacation. Or if I could just make enough money to get to retirement. If I can just get to the moments in life or to the seasons in life where, we can, where I can get away from it all, then things will be better. Now, those things I'm mentioning aren't bad things, are they? In and of themselves, they're not bad. But we often find our hope in them. And that's fleeting. And then, and then when, we, when we realize, wow, we're not really, it's not really giving us what we want, when we realize that the, the, they, those things may be fleeting or the hope we find in those things may be fleeting, then maybe we escape to other things. Today... We're going to look at the passage that Solomon, said to be a very wise king um, from Scripture itself, um, is sharing with his son. And it's Proverbs chapter 23, verses 29 through 35. And as you turn there or get prepared to see this on the screen, um, here Solomon's warning his son about one specific way people try to escape reality. But as we look at the passage, I want to be very clear here before we even get started, because as we look at the passage... um, I want you to understand that, that this passage applies to everyone today, whether, whether we struggle with the specific thing mentioned in this area or not. And so we turn there. Um, this is Proverbs chapter 23, verse 29 through 35. And I remind you that this is God's word. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine, those who go to try mixed wine. Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart utter perverse things. 
You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. That's God's word. And as we read that, again, I would suggest that all of us have times in our lives when, when we just want to escape. Maybe that's on a big scale. Maybe it's, I want to run away from everything because I just can't handle what's going on in my life anymore and I just got to get away. And maybe it's on a small scale like some of those other things we've already talked about. But in Solomon's words to his son, what, what we need uh, to be careful of, or, or we see that, that we need to be careful and aware of where we're running to for our escape where we're running for our happiness, where we're running for our fulfillment or our hope. Because the first thing we see in this passage is that the wrong direction is enticing. The wrong direction is enticing. Look at verse 31 with me. He says, Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. All right, if we wanted to be legalistic... That is, make a set of rules we could follow just to make us feel better about, about ourselves. Then we could read this passage and say, don't drink sparkling red wine, but otherwise do what you want to. Or we could say, see, no one should ever drink alcohol. But one major problem with that type of approach to this passage is that the Bible as a whole does not condemn alcohol. But there is a warning here about how we approach and use alcohol, and the principles in the passage extend well beyond that. So God's using the direction of a father to his son to say, just because something looks good to the eyes, attracts your attention, promises an escape, seems like it will fulfill your longing, that does not mean it will give you what you need or what you're looking for. Do y'all remember back, way back when, there were advertisements when you were watching TV, you actually had to watch the advertisements. You know, it wasn't Netflix and Amazon. Kids, that really did happen, I promise. There was a day, right? Way back when. Well, my oldest son, who was 14, was a was, um, little over about one and a half. And I'll never forget, I'm watching a show with him called Word World. You don't really need, most of you probably don't know what that is. You don't need to know what that is. It's okay. Um, but here was, here was the point. As I'm watching this show, Word World, there was a point where an advertisement came up for the, I don't even know if I can say this, the Word World Barn Bucket Set. Okay? It was a, a bucket that kind of looked like a barn, and the characters of Word World were in it. All right? Word World Barn Bucket Set. Okay, so my little boy saw this advertisement, and here's what he said. Ooh, Daddy, ooh. You know what he meant by that? I'll translate. In that moment, the barn bucket set promised to fulfill all his dreams. It promised to make him happy. At least that's what he thought as he looked at it, right? Ooh, daddy, ooh. In the United States, we have a whole advertising system that pulls on the sinful hearts of men and women and boys and girls. You need this product to fulfill your dreams and make you happy. You need our services to get you out of the misery you're in. The writer of, of our passage is warning his son against the promises of alcohol here, but, but it's a warning to us about anything that we look at that way. And that should sound familiar to us if we've been in the church. 
Because way back in Genesis 3, the first humans, Adam and Eve, fresh with the promise of Satan that they would get to be like God if they ate from the fruit of one particular tree, it says they saw, they were enticed by the fruit of the tree. They saw that it was good for food. They saw that it was a delight to the eyes. They saw that it would make one wise. And so they ate of it. They had everything they needed. They had a perfect relationship with God, but they were enticed by the wrong direction, which suggested that they, God wasn't enough and they needed more. And it led to sin. And it led to broken relationship with God for them and broken relationship with God for us to follow. And so in our lives, because we are sinful, we often run in the wrong direction also. We try to escape the things that are enticing, offering escape from it all, or offering joy and happiness. And maybe it is overuse of alcohol. Maybe it is substance abuse. Maybe it is the images and videos you click on to watch. But maybe it's good things, like vacations. Maybe it's another person. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's your phone or social media. Maybe it's the success of our children. Maybe it's simply running away to hide from a situation. You know, maybe it's putting out there a filtered view of yourself. If you don't know what that means, that in the social media world I'm learning, you can have a filtered view um, to show people what you really want, that you want them to see. But I want to pause for a minute. What, what is it? That's just a, those are just some examples. What is it that you are running to as an escape? Or what is it that you are prone to, to run to as an escape? I don't want you to answer out loud, but I want you to think for a minute. The writer is warning that running in the wrong direction is enticing. And then the second thing he does is he demonstrates that it's fruitless. That's our second point. The wrong direction is fruitless. In this point, we get to the heart of the passage. So just prior to talking about how enticing good wine can be, how enticing the pleasures of this life can be, he gives a caution. And he's saying to his son, when pursuing happiness and joy through the overuse of alcohol, it's a fruitless pursuit. Um, verse 29 and 30 show us that. I'll, I'll read it again. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine. But those who go and try mixed wine. Tarry long over wine here means those who stay a long time with wine. Does that make sense? They're drinking a lot of it. Tarrying long with it. And he's saying, those who stay a long time with wine and, and with strong drink. Combining that with the rest of Scripture, he's, he's warning here against those who are pursuing alcohol as an escape or as their fulfillment, often leading to drunkenness. And so it may seem like a good direction, but it's fruitless. It brings woe, sorrow, strife, complaining, Wounds without cause, that means it hurts yourself and it hurts others. And then redness of eyes, that sleeplessness from all the trouble that accompanies it when using it as an escape or fulfillment. And so again, and I'm going to keep saying this, but he, he, 
He's speaking directly to the use of alcohol as an escape or fulfillment, but, but the same hurt in others, the same hurt to self and hurt to others, the same sleeplessness from trouble applies with anything else we're pursuing in that way as well. Let me give you a couple examples just to think that through. And again, these are just examples. These are not exhaustive of the possibilities. Let's say you so desire to have your security or approval in your life that you work endless hours in pursuit of being told, good job, or pursuit of gaining, quote, enough money. But over time, you realize those pursuits are fruitless. Those pursuits do not fill you up. It's enticing to think that they can, but it only ends up hurting you and your relationships. It only ends up leading to sleepless nights because there are always problems and issues that you're trying to solve to hear the words, good job, or to, to gain enough money. Or perhaps you desire comfort. And you desire it so much that you shut out anyone in your life who suggests that the way you're looking at things and the direction you're heading is wrong. Now again, these are just examples. There's a whole lot more in that, that you can apply in your life. But the writer picks back up in verse 32 saying that in the end, again, talking back about alcohol, in the end it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Verse 32. Now, the serpent is a large snake with a strong and painful bite, and the adder is an extremely poisonous viper. And so what I think he's saying here is there are short-term consequences in this, this painful bite, and that's often bad circumstances in the moment, right? When we're pursuing things the Lord says are not good for us, and in this case, this, this drunkenness, there's often bad circumstances immediately, right? But then he's also talking about the poison of the viper, that there are these, um, there are these long-term consequences. And, it, it, and, and he's saying it poisons a person's life. Why is that? Well, it's because through pursuing alcohol as their escape or fulfillment, they, they will also fail to see things clearly. And this leads to be letting, be, being led astray by their own hearts. That's what he says in verse 33. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart utter perverse things. So again, Immediate context, he's talking about alcohol. That's pretty, you know, for us, okay, we get that. And he's saying the abuse of it can lead to drunkenness, to a loss of an ability to clearly see and comprehend things, and that can lead our hearts to do things that are not good for us. But again, it goes beyond that. Because pursuit of anything to fulfill our lives or make us happy will lead us to see things strangely. Why do I say that? It'll lead us to see things strangely. Not in the same way alcohol does. But it leads us to see things the way we want to see them or through the lens that we've created. It goes back to that kind of filter thing. I want people, I want to see things through, through my lens. Or, or if you take, take this example, some of you may not realize it yet in your life, but all of us have a lens through which we view the world. And it's like taking a pair of glasses that you put on and that comes from things you've been taught, that comes from things you've learned by experience, that comes from, from all sorts of reading you've done, things other people have told you. But there is a lens through which you see the world. 
Every one of us has that. The challenge is constantly changing the lens that we see the world through to the lens God sees the world through and asking him to change us. Instead of looking through the lens that, that we have, God's calling us to look at life, to evaluate our decisions, to evaluate our pursuits, to evaluate the direction we're headed based on what he has said is good for us. And based on what he has said is not good for us, is bad for us, is sinful. And when we're pursuing things through the lens we've created for ourselves, seeing things strangely, you get where I'm going with that, when we, when we pursue things through the lens we've created for ourselves, when we're th- seeing things strangely, that will cause our hearts to, quote, utter perverse things, to try to justify or control situations to suit us, to make us feel better, to make us look good. But you remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about this. Here's the problem, is that our hearts are deceitful above all else according to scripture. And so when we're trying to follow what looks good to us, what our lens says, our hearts are deceiving us in that. If we're following just what seems good to you. So I told you then, I'll tell you again, the whole advice of our culture, just follow your heart. I grew up saying that's baloney. Some of y'all may not even gather that. That's hogwash. That ain't right. Because when we do, we begin to create our own reality to stay happy. And we don't value God's reality found in his word. Reality that's given to guard and guide our lives. And he's showing us that direction is fruitless. And when we follow it, we begin to look like we're being tossed around, stumbling. He goes back to the, using this, this picture of, this, of the drunk guy. Right? When someone is drunk and, and they're just heavy drunk, they have trouble walking. It doesn't look right. They're stumbling around. Verse 34 says, You'll be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of a mast. Their lies don't have any direction because they're tossed around like a man on a ship in a stormy sea. Here, here's the closest illustration I can come to that. Okay, From, from my own personal life. So, when, um, again, my oldest son, he was seven, we decided, and I'd been deep sea fishing many times in my life, and we decided we were going to take him deep sea fishing. Well, for some reason this time, I still don't really know why, I'd been out on choppy seas before too, but it was, it was choppy, and we're driving out to the spot, and we're up, and we're down. Some of you are going to get sick thinking about this. Um, we're up, and we're down, and we're side, and we're side, and it's just, I was, oh, okay, this feels kind of weird. What is going on? So we finally stop and get to the spot to fish, and I, I cast out, and then I lose my coffee over the side. And, and the more we're there, we're still up and down. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't hardly stand up. Um, and my dad was there, so I was like, I'm going to leave him with you. I'm going to go sit down. So because I wanted to watch my son, I went to the most logical place. I went up higher to the observation deck. And you know, the higher you go, when something's unstable at the bottom, it's more unstable at the top. And so I get up to the observation deck and I watch for about a second. I find a bucket and I don't care anymore what's going on with my son. 
I wanted to go back down, but I couldn't even, I was so unstable, I couldn't even walk back down, right? This is the picture of, of what he's showing here, this, this unstableness. And when we live in that, because we're being tossed around, it leads to a life of numbness and hopeless pursuits. Verse 35, he says, They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. The numbness, because over time all these pursuits, they don't fulfill us. Life is reduced to waking up and saying, where can I get my next drink? But let me give you a different example. You return from a great vacation. And what do most of us say when we return? I had to work harder in the week I got back just because I had been on vacation. And we begin to long for the next vacation. And it becomes this endless pursuit. Nothing that we are looking to outside of what God says is good to bring us joy and happiness can do so in the long run. We looked at this ver- these verses a couple of weeks ago, but verses 17 through 19, um, just prior to this passage, He's telling them, let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Hear my son and be wise and direct your heart in the way. What is the way? We talked about it a few weeks ago. But ultimately the way, we've talked about the wrong direction, but the right direction. This is our third point is to run to Jesus. Why is Jesus the answer? Other than the fact that we're sitting in church right now. Why is Jesus the answer? Jesus was faced with the same temptations we were faced with. Things looked enticing to Jesus. That's what it means when it says he was tempted. But here's the difference. He was tempted without sin, the Bible says. He was tempted without sin. And while Jesus was on the cross, he was given the opportunity to escape. Do you remember how? They offered him wine mixed with myrrh. The whole point of that was it was something they would offer to people as a point of of eventual mercy to numb and deaden the pain they were going through. It was a sense of escape. But Jesus didn't take it. Jesus didn't escape. Jesus could have called down the angels to come and take him off the cross. You know that, right? But Jesus didn't do that. No, Jesus didn't take any of the escapes available to him. He stayed there. And he stayed there to bring glory to God the Father completing the will of the Father, and He stayed there 
so that you, so that I, so that those who believe in the name of Jesus and understand that he is our only hope, so, so that we don't have to look to all these other escapes. Because we have one who gives us the promise that it will not always be this way. We have one who says the day is coming when we will not feel the need to escape from reality. Because our full reality will be in the presence of God. But that means something for us today, too. You see, we can begin to understand that reality now. As we again and again turn from those other things we are pursuing for fulfillment, turn to those other things that God has said, no, don't do that. Run and find your joy in me. Run and find your hope in me. Run and find what I've said is good for you. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to day by day reveal the sin in our hearts. Everyone in here still has it. But he reveals it. And as he reveals it to us, he points us back to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 summarizes all this in a way. And I want to read that for you. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Using the same example, don't get drunk with wine. Don't pursue those other things that look so enticing. No, the one thing that we pursue is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, magnifying the Word of God in our lives, pointing us again and again to the Lord Jesus, to what He has done on our behalf. Often, when we come to an end of the sermon, we kind of think, well, can you give us a list of do's and don'ts? Can you make it really clear and practical for me, Tim? Here's what I can tell you today. Is some of is that, well, let me just say it this way. If running to alcohol is keeping you from running to Jesus, that's the wrong direction. And what I can encourage you today to say is. Ask the Holy Spirit to cause you to so see and desire Jesus, to make what what the Word tells us about Jesus so real and so alive in your heart that running to this other thing, this alcohol, 
it doesn't, it, it, it's not going to satisfy. There's so much more in Jesus. Or if running to a game or social media on your phone is keeping you from running to Jesus, that's the wrong direction. Ask the Holy Spirit to so magnify Jesus in your life that, that these other things will pale in comparison and you will want to run to him again and again. If running to binge watching a show is keeping you from running to Jesus, that is the wrong direction. Ask the Holy Spirit to magnify Jesus in your life through his word so that you won't want to run to those other things. You'll want to run to him again and again. You can insert many things in that place. And I want to give you a few minutes before we come to the Lord's Supper to, to go to him. That Ephesians 5 passage says one of the ways as we are filled with the Spirit, we are addressing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and thankfulness in our hearts to the Lord, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, I, I want to encourage you to take a few minutes. And as Jordan comes and, and he sings this song, you can sing if you, along if you want. Um, I would encourage you just to, to reflect um, and to spend this time saying, uh, taking time to pray those things that we were just talking about. And if you're not sure what place, what, what you're running to other than running to Jesus, ask him to show you. Ask him to make that clear for you um, today. So I'm going to give you a few minutes and then we'll, we'll come back together.
Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.